We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. First, say this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. That is, by these prophecies, that by them, that is these prophecies, you wait the good warfare. The good warfare. War is war. And so here, Apostle Paul, Timothy's mentor, was introducing Timothy to the art of intercession and prayers. And he's saying that, so prophecy is not enough. He said, but by this prophecy, it arms you, it encourages you to be able to do some warfare in the, in the, in the spirit and warfare in the place of prayer. And as we are fasting, fasting is useless if you cannot back it up with intense prayers. So, how do you know, how do I know that I have prayed? I know that I have prayed when I get the answer. End of story. Anything outside that is just grammar. It is not time that tells you that you have prayed. It's not. The fact that you wake up by 9 o'clock and then you pray till 9.30, you say, well, have you prayed? You say, yes. How do you know? Say, because it's, you don't judge the effectiveness of prayers by time. Hmm? Amen. For that one, hmm, there. <laughs> we judge the effectiveness of prayer by results. Number one, you pray. The prayer has to get to heaven for it to be answered. And even if it is answered, that prayer can be intercepted. Daniel. Right? So, until you have not prayed until there's delivery. Delivery is the proof of prayers, not time. And I want you to master this. I want you to understand this and let it form the basis of your prayers or the basis of the effectiveness of your prayer life. That the effectiveness of prayer is result is the effectiveness of prayer. Outcome is the effectiveness of prayer. It's not time. It's not time-based. So the fact that you have spent one hour praying does not mean that God has said your prayers. So the, so the believer that you are as a Christian, you must learn to pray and pray fervently. And that's what I want to share you tonight, Amen. this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, call to me and I will answer you. And I won't just answer you. I will show you. And I will show you great and I will show you mighty things which you do not know. So when we pray, God answers. So that means that God does not collect prayers. God answers prayers. There is no bank of prayers in heaven. Every prayer is answered. Praise the Lord. So the proof of prayer is delivery. And so that's what I want you to hunger for. I don't want you to measure the effectiveness of your prayer by time. 
Because you can spend two hours praying and you think you'll be out. And, and I said this in the first service. And uh, if many years ago, I, I had this dear mentor I love, I used to go visit him every time. I used to go visit him every time. And then one time he was transferred, he left the country, he was, out of, he was transferred out of, um, out of the UK. And then uh, if some friends of mine said we should go play golf around there. He used to live in the Bromley area. So we're going to play, play golf in the, in the Bromley area. I just entered my car, packed my bag, everything, and then I just started driving and drove past two golf courses and went straight to his house. Went past roundabouts, traffic lights. All the while I was sitting in that car, I don't know what I was thinking. Got to the front of his house, parked the car, ah, my God, he's not here. How did I get here? So I was driving. Was, was I driving? Where was I going to? Who was in charge of my body? Who was in charge of my mind? What led me to the wrong destination and the wrong address? So many of us, our prayer lives are like that. But you are praying. But you are not, it's, you are automated. So three things for effective um, prayers and three things that guarantees an answered prayer. Number one, your heart must be engaged. My heart was not engaged in that driving. Yet, I was heading somewhere. I was heading to the wrong direction and the wrong location I didn't even know. So your heart must be engaged. Your heart must be engaged. He said, by reason of these prophecies, we do, we do warfare. Your heart must be engaged. Your heart must be engaged in your prayers. Like my driving, my heart was not engaged in my driving. We're just looking around. And then some prayers possessed me and drove me somewhere else. Your heart must be engaged in your prayers. What? Are you telling me your heart is engaged when, as you are praying in the spirit and you are praying in tongue, every now and then you pick up your phone and check? You're saying you're telling me your heart is engaged? I've seen people praying, and as they're praying, I mean, uh, even if you listen to a message like this, you know, halfway through, it can't wait. Do you know what I'm talking about? Your heart must be engaged in prayers. You must be present. So the prophetic word over you gives you a sense of direction. Your heart must be engaged. The second thing is that you, there must be a burden. There must be a burden. How bad do you want this? What did God say about it? There must be a burden. There must be a burden, not a burger. <laughs> you know how you are fasting, you keep it here. Though you are saying burden, but you are saying hearing, you know, <laughs> double mac meal with cheese. <laughs> You understand? Why do you want it? Lord, I want to be promoted. Oh, Lord, this week, this week, I receive, I receive supernatural promotion. Amen. That's a prophetic word. What do you do with the prophetic word? You put, you apply your heart and whip a burden after it. What did God say about it? And how bad do you want it? Your burdens must be registered along with the prayers. If not, there's no, nothing in it. There's nothing in it. There's nothing. So number one, 
Your heart must be engaged. Number two, there must be a burden. Number three, there must be a cry of faith. The crying out. The crying out. A cry means you, you are demanding an immediate action. Immediate result. You must be present in your own prayers. A cry is not just an outburst of emotions. No. It's a demand for results. It's a demand for results. A demand for an outcome. And until we see that outcome, we keep going until we see the outcome. Because God does not store prayers. Comes from you, goes to God, it's answered, it's sent back to you, bang, testimony. That's the that's cycle. If you don't have it, now, my mindset, if I don't have it, I've not prayed. If I don't have it, I have not prayed. It's not there. It's not with God. Or maybe God answered it, and it's with the, you know, the priest of Pasha. Huh. So I've not prayed. But when Daniel prayed, he fasted, well done, got to heaven, it was answered, but on his return, he says, and the prince of Pasha said, Daniel, from the very moment you prayed, because God does not hold prayers, he answered it. He said, but when I was coming back with your delivery envelope, he said, I was withheld by the prince of Pasha. But, but, but Daniel had the right model. He kept praying. His prayers reinforced that angel. And so help was deployed. But many would have given up at that time. So Paul was telling Timothy, he said, you have to be a prayer warrior. Look great, but a prayer warrior. Be smart, but a prayer warrior. You must tend to do warfare by prophecies. Warfare. First, first Samuel chapter 1 verse 12. The Bible says, and it, and it happened as she continued continued praying before the Lord, talking about Hannah, you know the Hannah's prayer, that Eli watched her mouth. Eli watched her mouth, verse 13. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Heart and a burden. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. When you saw her in the way she engaged herself in prayer because of her burden. What was her burden? I need a child. Give me a child and I will give you a prophet. Negotiation. I need, I need, you want to marry before the end of this year? It's not by looks, by prayer. You want to be promoted at work? It's not by skills. What's in your skills? Are you the first? <laughs> Are you? Are you the only one with the degree? No. 
No. A new position has opened. And you think you qualify. Uh-huh. So what? It can even be an internal position. There's no guarantee. And the Bible says, Eli looked at her and said, what is the matter with you? Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, you are drunk. You can't tell the difference between a, a club and a church. What's your problem? I said, ah, no, you don't understand. I am not drunk. I'm a woman of a sorrowful heart. I have a burden to shift. I have a burden to shift. I'm a woman of sorrowful heart. I, I have a burden to shift. Do you have a burden to shift? You don't have goals? No dream? No vision? But saying I have a dream or I have goals is useless. Oh, we had, we had a good time yesterday at our uh, supernatural break, uh, supernatural goal setting. It was powerful. And we use our new facility upstairs. The Lord bless all of you for your... It was, it was powerful. But after setting the goal, I would then, with intensity, laid hands on everyone. It's a cry. Do you understand? So you must learn to cry out to the Lord. So this week we are crying out. It's the last week of the fast. We are crying out to the Lord. Isaiah 58 verse 9. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Isaiah 58 verse 9. And so it makes a decision between, I love the King James Version on this. It says, then you shall call, the Lord will send answers. He said, but when you cry, he says, hey, I'm here. So operation cry out, we are crying out with, go back and sit with your things you want to do this year. Put your heart in it. Ask yourself why you need it. How much do you need it for? And then, not money, how, by how much do you really need it? And then whip, off, whip up a burden, a strong desire, whip up a personal mandate for the delivery of that, of that assignment, that goal, that vision, whatever it is your, your needs are. If not, there's no point praying. It's, prayer is 99% preparation. We saw it with um, Elijah. The Bible says Elijah. And when he was fighting the prophet of Baal, the Bible says he sat there and they were doing their incantation and doing their nonsense. When it was done, the Bible says he came up and he said, okay, well, repair the altar. Put the wood, dig the trenches, pour water. And then when it was time for the evening sacrifice, he showed up, cool, calm, collected, with a heavy burden, the Lord, Satan will not worship you in this nation. Lord, your children must return a heart and a burden. They must return to serve you. Lord, and he's done all that work. And then when it was time, the Bible says he cried out, let the God that answers by fire, boom! <laughs> fire came down from heaven. 
I see fire come down on your prayer altars this week as we cry out to him in the name of Jesus. He says, don't ask your neighbor to come back tomorrow if it is in your power to do it today. So if it is in the power of God to give it to you today, he won't say wait till end of the month. He won't say that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 102. From verse 1. It says, hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my troubles. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. So if God can answer you speedily, it means he can also answer you normally. I don't want normal answers. I want a what? Speedy answers. Speedy answer. Speedy answer. And what do you do when you need a speedy answer? You cry out to the Lord with a heart and a burden. That's how to pray. You cry out to the Lord with a heart and a burden. Praise the Lord. A heart and a burden. I'm always crying out for you. I'm always crying out to the Lord on your behalf. I'm a crying pastor. There's nothing casual about this pastor. Nothing casual. Nothing. I'm a crying pastor. Cry out with a burden and a heart for you. And I found out that the more I cry out, the more we grow. The more God sends more sheep. The more God honors and honors this household. So I'm a crying pastor. What's the secret of your church? The crying pastor. Not the casual pastor. And then you cry over everyone, including the children. Everyone has my ears. Everyone. And what I find shocking is that even the kids, they understand it. Today I was uh, walking, back, walking on my way to the office and I ran into one of my grandchildren here. How was your day? It wasn't very good. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your, how was your week? Uh, it was very good. It was very, what happened? Uh, uh, this happened in this in school and this happened in school in the classroom and the teacher said this. I said, so how did you respond? When he told me how he responded, I said, ah, please, can you come to my office? Please? <laughs> and then we sat down had a Manual boy conversation. So next time we do this, we'll do that. Right? Are we cool? Okay, yeah. And a crying pastor. A crying pastor. So you can't just say, so well, yeah, we are setting goals. Can't just get, get, get people together and they say, we are just setting goals. Like, yeah. We have to cry over those goals. We have to cry over those goals. 
So one of our church members uh, is in the hospital. So when I leave here, carry my uh, communion. I'm going to the hospital, go and break bread with a sheep that is unwell. I said, son, you're coming out of here. That's a crying pastor. Don't mistake my casual dressing for lack of power. But the same thing you should do in your life. You must be a, you must be a crying individual. You cry over your plans. You cry over your children. Cry over the works of your hands. With a heart and a burden. Asking God to answer in heaven. And until you see it, your job is not done. You have only one assignment. Prayer. You have only one assignment. Only one assignment. Psalm 141. David said, verse 1, Lord, I cry out to you. Say, make haste to come. Make haste to come. Give ear to my voice when I cry out. Can we read that together? One, two, go. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Exactly. I cry out to you. You can't cry without a heart and a burden. Hey, we're going to pray in and then you are typing and you are texting. And what do you think? You can't show up before the queen with it, with your phone in your hand, will you? Uh, so you come and say hello to the queen. You say, oh, ma, please excuse me. <laughs> yes, I'm in the palace. I'm text. I'm there. Yes, I will uh, call you. I'll, uh, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> will you do that? Exactly. They will bundle you away. They say you lack manners. You're not fit to stand before the queen. You can go to see the queen and say, ah, please, keep my phone. But first, you tell your whole family, ah, I'm going to the palace. Have you seen how people, when they go to, is the, they're going to 10 Downing Street, they take photographs in front of 10 Downing Street like they are seeing the prime minister. Is, they, are going to one, they are going to the one of the meeting, is, that's a meeting. <laughs> they are going to one of the meeting rooms, isn't it? Yeah. I want to say, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Look, 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 that's just a government. You are going to have a meeting in 10 Downing Street, in one of the meeting rooms, and you will see the prime minister. But look at your preparation. Look at your excitement. For posterity, you will take a photograph. And yet, you have an appointment with the king of kings, the author and the finisher of your faith, the one who is and yet to come. He is, he was, and he's yet to come. He's the almighty. And then you stand before him with your silly mobile phone and ask him to pause in between the amen. I need to reply this. I, need to, I, need, I, need, I need, really need to reply this text message, okay? Because you have no business. You, don't, you are not busy. I, I, I am here. I need to reply this text message. And they replied the, replied the message. And they, so, what were we saying? Oh, shake it up. Everything is just motion. There is no heart. There is no burden. That's why half of the time, there are no answers to prayers. 
that prayer capsule, capsule get to heaven, but when you pop it open, there's nothing in it. It was as, it would be as good as me driving all the way to my mentor's house. Totally, of course, and yet I was driving. My mind was not in that trip, on that trip. If my mind was engaged, I would have known that I'm heading towards the wrong direction. I was not present in my own trip. That's how many of us pray. We are not in it. At best, it's an empty shell of noise that is not registered in heaven. And they say, well, I've been praying about this for a very long time. So where are the prayers? Unless if you are telling me that God is just banking them, waiting for you to come home. No. There's nothing in your prayers. No spiritual nutrients in it. It's not a registered prayer. It's not a valid prayer. It was just words. Mark 10, we'll close with this. Now, when they, they came to Jericho, as, as he went out to Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. And when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many wanted him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more. He was present. As a burden, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus said, he said ah, that I may receive my sight. I am tired of being blind. So a cry is a sign of desperation. I am, are you not tired? I am tired of this blind. I'm tired of being blind. This every month, every month by, by 14th of the month, you are broke. I am tired. The child is the last in the class. Over eight, can't read properly. I am tired. Been on this income for, born on the same income for the past five years. I am tired. My mates are already married. I must be my. I am tired. I have a prophetic word over my life, over my ministry. I have a prophetic word over my giftings. I am tired of it. Jesus. Son of David, have mercy upon me. He said, okay, 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 okay. Please, don't be too comfortable with your situation. It's not the will of God. You've psychoanalyzed your situation and where you are in life, and then you've accommodated it. You've accommodated average, and you are happy. Is this the best of you? Is this? No, seriously. Is this the best of you? So how do you get there? Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.
gatewaychapel.org.uk. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.